I'm Trent Alexander-Arnold. I'm Curtis Jones. I am Cody Gagbo. Putting on the Liverpool top for the first time, it was a dream come true and I'll never forget that moment. Pre-order the new LFC 24-25 season night home kit now. You can pre-order it today for delivery from the 16th of May at your official LFC stores. Online at liverpoolfc.com forward slash store and on the official LFC store app. You will never walk alone. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to your post-match Raw on AI Pro podcasting to you from my field here in beautiful rural Ireland. I'm Trev Downey and joining me to give their immediate reactions to Liverpool 4, Manchester United nil in the Premier League from Anfield are Dave Hendrick and Harry Setti. Dave, we had a brief chat before the mics went live about um, immediate impressions. And it did seem to be a story for an awful lot of people about um, Liverpool's excellence. But you can't also ignore the fact that they were playing a team tonight. They're uh, a club who are on their knees. It's, it's, it's remarkable. Oh, un- unquestionably. I mean, I've just there's a tweet here from Daniel Taylor, one of the top journalists in the country. Manchester United, the 20 times champions of England, had 28% possession, one shot on target and two corners. These are the kind of stats mm. you'd expect from a lower league team on their big day out at Anfield. There's also a tweet here where some United fan said, we are looking like Shrewsbury at Anfield and Shrewsbury Town FC have responded, we scored at Anfield this season, you didn't, levels. And that does sum it up. I mean, Trev, I've been watching this game a long time, as have you. This is the worst United team I can ever remember. I went back and I looked through their teams from the 80s. I've watched as much footage as I can of their teams from the 80s. They were never this bad, not under Ron Atkinson. Not when they had Robson and McGran, Whiteside and players and Mark Hughes. Those players wouldn't have ever have turned up and performed like they did today. The only two players from the United side who come away with any credit tonight are Jaden Sancho, who at least when he came on at halftime, gave it a go. At least he had a go. And Hannibal Mejbri, who is a young kid who before tonight, I think had played more international games than club games for United. And I know all he did was come on and kick a few lads, but at least he kicked a few lads. At least he came on and he showed that he cared. They were a disgrace, but we were we were really, really good. I mean, the first half, Thiago is on a different planet. He's playing an entirely different sport to what everybody else is doing. He's sensational. The front three look lively. The defence looks very, very comfortable. Henderson and Fabinho are keeping things ticking over winning the ball back. Every time they get the ball, we just take it back off them. They're trying to take short goal kicks. We just go and take the ball off them. It was embarrassing. And not that you'd ever really feel sympathy for Gary Neville. 
But I almost felt sorry for him in that first half because the dejection in his voice was was amazing. Like it was genuinely amazing to hear a guy on 15 minutes basically give up. He gave up. He knew the team wasn't going to do anything. He said they were on the verge of getting a hammering. He mentioned about 25 minutes in that the United players were walking. He said that some of them might have been ambling, but for most of them, it was just a jaunt. And he was right. I mean, here's the thing. We, as men of a certain age and Liverpool fans of a certain age, watched some really poor Liverpool teams under Souness and Evans and Julier and at times under Benitez and under Hodgson, under Kenny, under Rodgers. It was a 25-year spell there that was very, very grim for Liverpool. We never, ever, not even once, turned up to play them and performed like that. Not once. Whatever the circumstances, we always turned up and at least gave it a go. We always turned up and let them know they were in a game. That tonight from Manchester United was a disgrace. We'll take joy from the victory, joy from the fact that as a 9-0 aggregate score across the season, it's the, the biggest margin of victory between the two sides ever. Substantially so. The previous had been 6-0. But it wasn't even hard for us tonight. Like, it wasn't difficult. We we were never under pressure. They had a little spell at the start of the second half, but it was so, so easy. And I think it was summed up by the fact that Thiago was bringing out the party tricks after 35 minutes. He he was and and Harry he he kind of set a tempo. We're gonna we're not gonna be able to avoid talking about Thiago and I want to focus on individuals as we go because I think we should because um, that's what this game gave us was a, a, a an opportunity to see an awful lot of our guys get get their groove back um, if it was lost and enhance it if it was good already. But th- there's a point there that Dave touches on. I was wincing as I was watching what appeared to me to be overconfidence in the in the in the lead up to this not because I rate Manchester United highly currently or this current batch or Ralph Ranick or the whole spirit at the club a, 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 a blind man could see uh, to use an old phrase the issues that they have the problems that they have at that club but it is Liverpool versus Manchester United and in the years when we were shy as Dave said you know, you you turn up and you have you you give it a go in a way that I will expect Everton will do at, on Sunday. But I could not believe the lack of 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 heart um, from that lot who started tonight. Um, it's really really remarkable. And you know, they're they're the the authors of their own downfall in terms of the the manager situation, really daft situation, making that yeah. sort of um, appointment not, uh, known in advance. You've got a dead. You've got to get sort of a, a, a lame duck coach there. Uh, what what can he, what can he expect to happen? What can what what you know what could possibly go right? But but the capitulation in terms of heart was remarkable, especially in our place. You know you'd think whatever is innate in being a Manchester United footballer TM would come to the surface and bubble up and get them angry, but nah, it didn't. Were we just that good, Harry? Because we should address that narrative. We did blow them off the pitch. Were we that good, or is there like is is it a lot to do with the fact that there are serious serious problems there in terms of their mental attitude? I think I think it's worth emphasising how good we were, just because I over the past couple of City games, I've, I've I've heard a lot of commentary around those performances, um, and I, I've heard, I've heard a lot even in the draw, just around 
or you know, or City were slightly off it. Or in in the second game, well, that wasn't City's you know first choice team. Despite I think Dave, you, you Dave was talking about sort of the the cost of that team when you when you add them all up. And there's different bits of commentary. Oh, they, they missed some chances. They didn't have the best players out there. And none of it's really seemed to sort of focus in on the fact that uh, Liverpool are playing in these games and we are forcing sides into into these situations where they feel really uncomfortable um they look around at each other and if there's not a lot of unity in the team you'll start to doubt each other you'll start to question each other and i think that was the thing for me trev when i spoke to uh to rich from sort of the the red voices um podcast ahead of the head of the game um the the thing that really came across and he, he was he was pretty uh, I wouldn't say scathing, which is just pretty matter of fact and sort of how he talks about United. Um, beyond um, the fact that you can look at this team and say, well, it's you know, symbolic of the the work that um, Woodward did and sort of the club and sort of the, the, the massive vacuum that existed in terms of sort of footballing infrastructure of the club for so long that you, know, you, you have a team of individuals really uh, with no coherent style or philosophy to fall back on at, at, at this stage. Um, and you, you've actually got, I think what he was emphasizing and it pains to emphasize really was um, you've got a bunch of guys there. And it's a really interesting contrast if you look at the Liverpool players, because there was a point in around 80 minutes where I think I think Fab went off and he's he, he's getting a big hug from Thiago uh, and, and maybe a Simicast there as well. And you see Mane and Salah sort of joke around. And obviously for how well it's going, these Liverpool players, they look like every single one of them is having the time of their life basically playing for this club at the moment. They they love playing with each other. Uh, they love, you know, even if they're not playing, they love watching and being a part of this. The, those United players, uh, I, I've rarely seen a bunch of players who look like they hate each other more. <laughs> they, <laughs> they, they doubt each other more. They're completely disillusioned with this project that is Manchester United. Um, a couple of them were desperate to get out alone um, as soon as they could earlier on this season, just just to get away. And you, you feel like there'll be another similar sort of exodus in the summer as well. So I thought I thought we were outstanding. There's, there's so many performances that we'll, I'm sure we'll get on to talk about. With Thiago, I, felt, I saw somebody describe it as, you know, it's like we were witnessing some sort of spiritual experience, Trev, like Jimi Hendrix at Woodstock or something <laughs> like that. It was, it was that much of a showman's performance at, at times. But um, yeah, Liverpool were in, incredible. But but this United team, there's there's not an ounce of belief left in them, I think. I love that. I, I remember, you know, my generation's version of Jimmy at... at, at um... At Woodstock was was uh, Nirvana unplugged. I remember watching that the yeah. first time, and, and it just made the hair stand in the back of my uh, neck. And I actually had long hair at the time, so it was standing up too. Uh, and you know, it, it, I know exactly what you're talking about. It, that had a really special feel to it. That he was sort of on a different level. I look forward to chatting about the uh, the, the the maestro um, and what he was getting up to uh, as we get in through the details of the match. We should just look at the lineups. I don't think we should spend too long on the Liverpool lineup for one reason only, unless somebody wants to jump in two foot, in which case feel free. Um, I don't know if there's any great shock in that lineup. I, I, I thought that was what he was most likely to do, was to bring the captain back in, uh, Fab and Thiago uh, alongside him in the, mid- in the middle of the park. 
you have a front three there who are really humming, so you go with them. And uh, you know, Joel Matip coming back in uh, is was was a, a call I think an awful lot of people would have made as well. So that's an it. That I, I, I there were the the, the Matip selection and the Henderson selection were the only two that probably might have raised too many eyebrows. I'm going to put that out there. Feel free then, like I said later on, to go. Uh, Trevi, don't know what you're talking about, uh, and chat about that. But just for the sake of moving things along, seeing as both of you did shows looking ahead to this game and looking at the United team in a bit of detail, we could possibly get most of our United chat out of the way now in this early part in terms of, you know, uh, what's going on with them or what was going on with them and around them. Um, And, you know, maybe like we did at the start of a a, a recent show um, where I... The, the the most recent role where you know I just thought it was important to uh, acknowledge the absolutely abhorrent behaviour of as we were told a in inverted commas minority of Manchester City supporters in the previous game. We should also acknowledge that um, Anfield on seven minutes uh, gave a really 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 sort of moving round of applause. Uh, to acknowledge the loss of Cristiano Ronaldo's child, um, um, I thought it was, um, you know, uh, it's it's such a horrific thing to happen. Um, at, the, at that point, you know, I would have thought all sorts of um, partisan loyalties go to one side, side, and you just you 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 feel in the moment for the people concerned. Um, I felt that that was really, really genuine and heartfelt. It was even a You'll Never Walk Alone uh, sang for uh, the occasion that was in it. I thought that was class. I thought that contrasted so so pointedly with what we saw at the weekend. Um, and I just wanted to acknowledge that because by dint of doing that, I'm saying obviously they're missing their world-class superstar, inverted commas, whether he is that or not anymore in terms of massive games, that's open for debate. But they had to go, Harry, and I'll start with you and then I'll go across to Dave on the same topic. They had to go with uh, De Gea and Golds and the side of Phil Jones coming back alongside Maguire and Lindelof. They had Dallow, uh, Pogba, Matic, Juan Basaka, Elanga, Rashford and Bruno Fernandes. Now, there are a couple of... Um, really high class talents in there in that team some of whom have lost their way some of whom are like you said earlier on sort of playing their way uh, towards the holidays with a very high lack of interest um but in terms of what was available to them on the bench it's quite interesting to look at that united bench you got eric Bailly, you've got uh, mata lingard sancho henderson alex tellez mctominay um medbury and uh, garnacho when you were having a chat in advance of this um, with your United um, podcast insider, was this, with the obvious caveat about Ronaldo, was this how you thought uh, or how he thought it was going to go? Yeah, the shape was probably a, l- a little bit of a surprise, but I think Rang had to try something. I think maybe, uh, obviously, though, we, we've seen plenty of times that um, teams that line up with a back three against us tend to get heavily punished if they're not if they're not well organised in other areas. Yep. But yep. Um, in, in, in terms of the players they had available, there are a whole bunch of injuries. Um, uh, I think even even the fact that the McTominay's on the bench, I don't think he was fit to to start. And uh, we, we, we've seen in, in, in the past that McFr- oh, God, I'm loathe to say it, that McFred midfield <laughs> um, of, uh, of Fred and uh, McTominay. And actually Fred actually has probably been one of the few players who's, 
who's actually consistently put in the effort this season, regardless of what you think of him in terms of his quality as a player. He has put in um, the, the effort this season, according to uh, so what, sort of what Rich was saying. But yeah, there, there's a number of abs- absences there. So pretty much was everything they had to play uh, play with. There, there's obviously the Sancho, um, sort of the fact that he was on the bench and perhaps he could have been included from the off. Um, but aside from that, it's, it's 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 pretty much as expected in terms of the players that were that were out there with Ronaldo missing as well, of course. And um, yeah, I think it was well said on the um, on the on the applause that was given on seven minutes in and sort of the you'll never walk alone as well. But uh, yeah, the, the players. Yeah, that's pretty much all they've got left. Um, and, and, and you're looking at it, and as as you talked about, and as as Rich talked about on the pod, a mixture of disinterest, a mixture of players that were once on the periphery for a very, very, very long time, um, and the more they play, you sort of reminded as to why they were on the periphery um, across different managers that have been at the club. Um, you've got some youngsters in there, poor people like Alanga, who you look like they had potentially have good futures potentially under Ten Hag as well hopefully they're not you know they've not been as heavily scarred as some of those other first teamers have been um Rashford is sort of woefully out of form and looks very much in the need of um a coach to either sort of try and revitalize what's left of his career at United or maybe he's in need of a move just to get out of that situation as well come under a hell of a lot of pressure and scrutiny over the past um however many months uh, and then yeah I mean Matic already announced he's leaving Maguire you know, is, is being sworn at regularly on the pitch by by his own fans Jones we all know what the internet has done to that man um, as well as the injuries <laughs> to his body um, Wan-Bissaka yeah Wan-Bissaka um, Pogba yeah disinterest in um, sort of encapsulated at the moment in, in terms of where his career is again he was getting a, a huge amount of abuse as he left the pitch so that's probably um, as Neville was alluding to, if this injury is serious, that's the end of his career, probably at United, and quite an end point to, to put it on. And then the last one really is Fernandez, and I thought you saw throughout the game, and maybe we'll touch upon it a little bit, complete and utter petulance from that man um, when when things aren't going his way. And I think that's that's been a theme of the season as well, that there are a couple of first teamers in there that you'd hope would be leaders, Trev, but actually when the chips are down and things aren't going their way, uh, they, they really do not lead. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of interesting things you brought up there, and and Dave, just to sort of segue into the same uh, topic conversation with you, um, if you want to uh, uh, reverse the Liverpool lineup, um, again, just remember that that's on the table if you like. Otherwise, you know, what 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 do you what do you just uh, put put it down to there? When you look at that bench, I mean. <clears throat> Lingard is, you know, the, the the world's oldest toddler. You've got Mata, Mata, who's obviously passed it. Eric Bailly, who hasn't exactly been able to get any kind of a run together. And Henderson and Alex Tellez and McTominay and then two kids. Um, you mentioned one of them, um, Hannibal. Uh, uh, and, 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 you know, it's not exactly a, a, a glittering array of talent um, to draw on. Is it a sign of neglect or something there, Dave? I'm I'm just struggling to understand what it is that's gone on that leaves them in this situation that that eleven can put on that uh, performance against Liverpool at this stage of the season, and that they have so little opportunity to shake it up and change it. Yeah, I mean, look, I know they're missing a few players tonight, Cristiano, obviously for reasons that are absolutely horrible, and you wouldn't wish on your worst enemy. 
Uh, Luke Shaw is injured. Fred is injured. McTominay not fit enough to play. Varane not fit enough to play. But at the same time, what we've witnessed at Manchester United over the last nine years is an effort to buy a team rather than an effort to build a team. If you look at how Jurgen Klopp has put this Liverpool team together, he's built it in stages. United have tried to buy a team and get, you know, the immediate results time after time after time. They have obviously bought poorly. We look at that team that played today. De Gea and Jones, they predate any of this. They date back to Ferguson. Uh, Pogba, obviously, was an academy player that they sold. Alanga, Rashford, their academy players. Wan-Bissaka cost them £50 million. £50 million. Just consider for a second that the only two players, sorry, the only three players at Liverpool that have cost more than that are Naby Keita, Alison Becker and Virgil van Dijk. Two of them world-class, unquestionably the best in the world in their position, and the other one an excellent midfielder. They spent £80 million on Harry Maguire. No player at our club has cost that. He's not even the most expensive player in their team today. They bought Pogba six years ago for £89 million in an attempt to buy immediate success. And he has been an unmitigated disaster. When you factor in agents' fees, wages, bonuses, they're well over £220-230 million in the hole on that one. And he will leave this summer for free. When you come to Anfield and you line up with two lads in the middle of the park who aren't going to be playing for you next season, you're asking for trouble. Neither of them want to get hurt. United have nothing to play for. They could get into the top four. That will not affect either of these two players because they won't be around to see it. So they're not going to be committed. I don't know how badly hurt Paul Pogba was, but he didn't look badly enough hurt to have to go off after seven minutes. Give us an effort to try and run it off. They bring on Jesse Lingard. He's your first sub off the bench. He's leaving in the summer. He doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to risk getting injured. There is no leadership in this team at all. Maguire is the captain. The fella couldn't find his way out of a a room with doors everywhere. He's just an embarrassment. When we scored our first goal, he just turned around and looked completely, completely lost. You'd Phil Jones, who I think has played once this season and maybe... 10 games in the last three or four years. Uh, You're bringing him in at Anfield against us. That's really, like a lot of this blame has to go on Ranić as well. But it's top to bottom at United. This is not just a players thing or just a Ralph Ranić thing. This is systemic failure at Manchester United from the top all the way down. And it's reflected in what we see. And like you said, Trev, you see Fernandes, or maybe it was, sorry, maybe it was Harry that said it. All you see from Fernandes tonight, who's an outstanding player, but all you see from tonight is petulance, sulking, head down, not really putting in any kind of effort. Because why should he? There's no culture of accountability at this club. They've all been allowed to do what they want for years. Pogba's done what he wanted for years. De Gea spent years flirting with Real Madrid, openly trying to find a move there. And when he didn't get it, what did they do? They gave him a new contract. And this doesn't this this part actually does predate the last nine years. This part is on Ferguson because Ferguson, towards the end, didn't care about the future. All he cared about was his tenure 
and his time in charge. And when Wayne Rooney walked in and demanded a transfer and then Ferguson turned around and gave him, gave him a massive new contract after Rooney had been playing badly for 18 months, that set in place a precedence. And what we've seen at United time after time after time is players getting rewarded with massive contracts on the back of nothing. Luke Shaw's been at United eight years now. He's had one good season. They gave him a new contract. Marcus Rashford is 24. Guy earns 250 grand a week. Sancho arrived in the summer, 300 grand a week. When you're giving young players all of this money up front at early ages, what you're telling them is you're set. You don't need to try. There's no carrot out there for you because you're getting all of this straight away. They've been doing this for years. You can go back to Adnan Yanazai, who broke into the United team, looked like a super exciting prospect. Him and Sterling broke into our team at the same time as Yanazai broke into theirs. And at that point, nine out of ten people would have said, right now, Yanazai is the better player. And then United gave him 60 grand a week at 18 or 19 years of age. And that was it. He was done. Now he's a squad player at Real Sociedad, whereas Raheem Sterling's gone on to be one of the best players in the world because he's hungry for it, because he's always had to go and earn it. The same thing when you look at our players. Look at Salah, look at Mane, look at Virgil, look at the paths they've had to get where they are. Look at how we've kept our wage structure in place. Look at how diligent and disciplined we've been in the way we've built a squad. We've brought in, under Jurgen Klopp, an outstanding culture. I mean, Mamadou Sakho was, was the best centre-back at the club. He stepped at a line, and that was it. Banished. If that was at United, he'd have gotten a new contract. That's the difference between us and them. That's why they're years and years and years away. And I don't care how good a coach Eric Ten Hag is. I don't care how good his X's and O's are, how progressive he is, how, you know, he's he's a pep stan. Or, I don't care about any of it. Nothing is changing at that club until the culture changes, until the structure changes, until they have decision makers who are best in class. Right now, they've got jobs for the boys. And that team tonight, that performance, that is reflective of the entire club, not just the players. Yeah, it's very interesting. And the Ten Hag thing, I mean, I thought Jan made a great point on the show during the week about, you know, he's not he's not a, a, a recruiter guy because of the setup they have at Ajax. Mm. So if uh, and when he's to come in and do something, they're going to have to do something there again at the club because the current setup in that regard is patently not just, uh, optimal. Just, let, me, let me give you this example, Trev. You're a teacher, right? So you go in in the morning, you know where you have to go, where you need to be at what time. Everything is set out for you. The timetable is done. You know where you need to be. And that helps you be able to prepare for your job. You know what class you've got at what time of the day with what group of students. So you are able to prepare for your job. That's what Eric Ten Hag has right now at Ajax. Everything is done to enable him to perform the best at his job. If you had to walk into a school, a schoolyard tomorrow morning and there were 800 students just running around aimlessly, and you had to go and wrangle 25 of them and then figure out what subject you're going to teach them, what material you're going to use for them. That would throw you off your game. That would be very hard for you to overcome. Imagine if now, instead of the subjects that you teach, all of a sudden you find out that they're all biology, te- biology students. And now you've got to learn that on the fly as well. 
that's where Ten Hag is going. He's coming from one of the best running clubs in Europe with an outstanding structure top to bottom with best in class people in recruitment, in sports science, in analytics, everywhere. All that noise is kept away from him. He can focus only on the team. He's coming to United where none of that is good. And he's going to have media pressure like he wouldn't believe. The first time, and there will be a first time next season, that they get walloped. Because it will happen. It happens to all the managers when they come to this league. They'll get walloped. And the fans will turn on him. Now, it will only be a short-term turn. There'll be boos. There'll be jeers. The media will hammer him. Then we'll see how he reacts to that because that is very, very unique to English football. That's a really yeah. unique thing. It's especially unique to that club. As much as we might think, geez, the media focus on Liverpool a lot, they focus on them twice as much mm. because nothing sells papers like Manchester United and drama. If I was him, I'd turn up with the uh, the the interpreter that Pochettino blagged for an entire season. A hundred percent. If I was him, I wouldn't take the job. If I was him, oh, I'd yeah, say, you, that, you yeah. know what? I think I can get the City job when Pep leaves. I'm good mm. where I am. I'll wait till that job comes up because they've got best in class everywhere. They've got a great structure top to bottom. They've got a good culture. They've got a winning mentality. Why would I go? If, if he sat at home tonight watching that... <laughs> Like, I had a United fan tell me the other day, well, it's only going to inspire the players because now they're going to be playing for the futures. No, they're not. These lads are all on long contracts, paying them fortunes. Do you think Bruno Fernandes cares if he doesn't play a game next year? Of course he doesn't. He's on 300 grand a week. Same with Sancho, same with Rashford. These boys don't care. They're very good at uh, tweets, apologising for their performances, though, to be fair to them. Uh, And, Harry, I have to say, you've... uh, included a, a, a tweet there from a Richard Jolly uh, where it says Liverpool have scored more goals at Anfield tonight than United have scored at Anfield in Jurgen Klopp's reign and right there you have a lovely little bit of context for the chat about the match that we're going to start now the only thing I'd say about referee Martin Atkinson tonight is that it was nothing during the game itself he, there was a few sort of strange calls but what a moment we had with Big Mart Atko at the start of the second half, where he delayed the entirety of the match uh, and revealed that those things that were bulging at the top of his, uh, just above his elbows, were not biceps, but microphones. He has mic biceps, Martin Atko. And, uh, and even better, because he couldn't get it sorted at all, and he, had, he was like a toddler being dressed by his mammy, he had to have his top pulled off for him and revealed underneath the joyous revelation of a black bondage tank top that he wears underneath it. I can only assume that he has a fantastic ball gag to go with that as well uh, for his little uh, off-pitch uh, uh, crack that he invo- involves himself in. It was tremendous. Five minutes of watching Martin's little belly pooch out over in his really tight black tank top uh, while someone was fiddling with his arms and uh, telling the world that they're not actually Martin's biceps at all. What a wonderful moment, and absolutely worthy of of, of a, a special ref watch at the start. That first half, Harry, I mean, 
Ali, fucking hell, man. On three minutes, he's pulling the Cruyff turn. Uh, about a couple of minutes later, he, he slips as he tries to do the same again to Fernandez. And <laughs> it, does, it doesn't matter, man. This happens between it, it, all in the third minute because in the fourth minute, uh, or maybe it's minute five, we are uh, goal up and it's Diaz. Now, all of our goals tonight are worthy of a lot of uh, concentration and we'll, we'll do that. Um, it's a fantastic move. Sadio plays a great ball through towards the end of it to both Trent and Mo, who are both free on the right-hand side. I think Mo is deaf. Well, we know Mo's onside. I think Trent at times has run okay as well. But anyway, the ball comes to Mo. He um, first times it right foot across the face of goal, and Diaz is coming in from the left, sweeps it home. And in the aftermath of the goal as well, another little moment that's worthy of, uh, if not analysis, certainly mention uh, Trent, who's coming in, following in as the ball comes back out, blasts it back into the net again and nearly takes De Gea's head off uh, as he does, which leads to a lovely little bit of a confrontation between the two lads as well. But what a signal of intent that whole flowing move uh, and the execution of that goal was. It was classic Klopp era Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, as a, I mean, we've seen games in the past where I think people have said, oh, yeah, you expect Liverpool to start quickly. But I mean, that was a, it was that, that Cruyff um, by, by Alisson, who's obviously got an incredible and just in, incredible sense of confidence because he's, he's, he's had a few rugby moments at times, but he's, he's always absolutely gigantic in the 1v1s. And um, it's been a while since we've seen him do necessarily that. But after seeing a couple of goalkeepers nearly get caught out over the past couple of weeks, You'd um you'd forgive him for just you know, keeping it simple, but he he always backs himself, and it was it was almost a war cry, wasn't it? Really, basically, because it was if anybody was lacking confidence, we spoke about um I heard the under pressure guys speaking about you know Virgil and Fab not starting that City game necessarily too well um a couple of games ago, um and it sometimes sets the tone and maybe affects other players psychologically a little bit for a little for a little period, but that I mean both the Cruyff and then the goal and the, the ease with which we cut through them really must have just yeah, sort of lit the touch papers, really. I think it was yeah, really, really aggressive um, start. The atmosphere was fierce as well. Uh, and Diaz, yeah, he was he was absolutely ready for that tap in. Yeah, it feels like it was probably his one of his strongest performances for, for us tonight in terms of sort of his all-round game, I thought. Uh, and yeah, I mean, Mane giving us an early sign of uh, just just how involved he'd be in all aspects of our of our play, um, some so, so, some wonderful sort of examples of him dropping deep, linking the play, and yeah, we 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 just cut through like a knife in butter, Trev. I mean, it was a, it was a, yeah, it was very very ominous signs for anybody who was just hoping to keep it tight for ten, you know. I'm really loving Sadio through the middle, Harry. Mm. Uh, he's growing he's grown into that role beautifully. You always. But there were always signs that he could do that job really well. But as you said, the amount of Bobbyisms we saw from him today, you know, that kind of dropping off little balls around the corner, it was tremendous to watch. And, and, and you know, it, there's an argument to be made that that is absolutely, if those if all of them are in form, that, that they are the three that you start with. Like, because, you know, they're just yeah. the guys who are that. And, and to see... Um, him adapt to that role in such a fantastic way is great because with Mo now getting his groove back and Diaz just being like this revelation for everybody, it's so bloody exciting, Harry. Uh, but it will 
it'll be absolutely necessary that if he's going to play that role, that he'd have to do that fulcrum thing really well, mm. and he, he he did. Yeah, no, I I, I think he's, I mean, he's 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 probably a stronger player than Bobby has ever been, right? Of, so Bobby was always very good in terms of. Um, at his peak, dropping deep, linking the play um, with his back to goal at times, just because his technique was so good and his sort of sort of turn turn so effortlessly. But um, Sadio, it's more that he's, he's just been this mazy dribbler for so long now. Uh, he's got tremendous strength. There are a couple of times when they got tight to him, uh, and uh, he didn't necessarily win some of the free kicks at times. But I think yeah, we, we, when he's on it, when he's aggressive, as, as we saw in that City game on the weekend, he's really 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 difficult to deal with. Um, his ability to go either way um, and to, to to attempt the unorthodox, as as we've seen recently, is um yeah makes him really difficult to deal with. And I, I thought, as well as all the physical stuff and sort of that the tactical uh, sort of sides of his role that you were mentioning there, Trev, I thought over the past few games he, he is he just reminded us as well just how outrageous his technique is as well. I thought there were numerous examples tonight of just how good his uh, his technique on the ball is as well. Yeah, which is always lovely to see. And and the next little chunk of the match leading up to her second goal, Dave, uh, it, it begins immediately after that. Like I said, the um, that applause that rang around Anfield um, for um, Ronaldo for his loss, um, the loss of a child, which is uh, just as dark as it gets. And again, just bears saying again that, you know, it was a very classy gesture. It was organised in advance and that kind of thing makes a lot of difference. You know, impromptu would have been beautiful as well. But the fact that it was organised, that that, that that intent was there and it was executed so beautifully, you know, only to have. Um, I'm sure it was a minority singing later on about you know always the victims and and, and various other murders chants. It's um, it's pretty grim. It's pretty grim. Um, the state of of is it society? Is it a little? Is it a little microcosm of society? I'm not sure. We we'll leave microcosm that microcosm of young lads, Trev, that never got a slap when they were young. When we were young, we got a slap and we were taught manners and we were taught respect and we were taught to fear our elders and respect them. And these young fellas today, they don't get a slap when they're young and they grow up to be little scumbags and little scrotes. And that's what you see at these games, is you see a small minority of a fan base behaving like that and putting a bad name on the entire rest of the fan base. Because I thought the majority of the United fans looked very appreciative of the minutes applause for Cristiano. They all joined up. There was even one or two of them joined in the singing of You'll Never Walk Alone, which, you know, probably made them feel ill inside, but they did it. And then you get this small minority who want to ruin it for everybody the same way we saw at Wembley on Saturday. It is a small minority of young lads that just are in desperate need of a slap. I I I I think you could be really onto something there in terms of uh, the 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 majority of that demographic. I wouldn't be surprised that there were a few uh, fifty plus year old scrotes in there as well who just have always been that way. Let's mm. move through the next chunk to the goal. Um, we saw endless. Um, uh, ex, ex, uh, displays of, of link-up play over the course of the match. Um, straight after they ha- are forced into a substitution, um, Lingard coming on for Pogba, um, which obviously is going to throw them again, to be fair. Uh, there's a fantastic one too with Trent and Mo on 10 minutes. It led to a corner. As the ball broke, uh, Thiago dinked it back in. Diaz sort of nodded it backwards just over the bar. Uh, 15 minutes 
an outrageous bit of footwork by Thiago gets uh, Sadio through and he gets a shot away, which leads to a corner. We keep the pressure on. We keep the pressure on. There's another corner in 18 minutes. There's a chance on 18 minutes where Henderson, um, the ball breaks to him from a corner and he volleys it over the top. Uh, and that leads to the next thing, which is 21 minutes, which is Mo Salah putting us 2-0 ahead. Now, this is an incredible move. It ends up with a beautiful ball dinked round the corner by Sadio uh, in that role that we're talking about, you know, where he's doing what Bobby does. Uh, Mo takes a gorgeous touch with his right foot and finishes beautifully with his left. It's a lovely settler, a lovely reminder to him of what exactly he can do because he's been in umpteen um, situations like that in recent games and these things have not come off for him. And I don't care what anyone says, even the best in the world. Um, it's all about habit and habit forming and I don't care how good you are or how ego driven you are like Mo Salah we know is a very healthy ego that still starts to weigh on you so that was a really really important thing and just one thing Dave to mention as well I thought Joel Matip you know who's selected today and an awful lot of people might have been thinking well I'm starting to really like um, Ibu Kanata in that role Joel Matip was fantastic with it with his passing tonight and in the build-up to that, there was at least two contributions from him, including a very good ball into Sadio's feet, which uh, led to Sadio's fantastic pass through. So um, I think uh, lots to chat about around the goal itself. And if there's anything you want to pick up on, maybe just Thiago being outrageous in the lead-up to that in the first 20 minutes, feel free. Yeah, just on the goal, when Joel goes on his adventures, good things tend to happen. So that that was always nice to see. That second pass that he played, the one into Sadio, like that ball is fired back to him. And it's more of a reactive control than anything else. It's the perfect ball into Sadio. The ball from Sadio to Mo is outrageous. It's absolutely outrageous. And if that was many other players, you know, a certain England captain, for example, uh, there would have been seven or eight minutes of punditry on that pass. The touch is incredible. The finish is great. The goal was a masterpiece from start to finish. I thought they were going to have to revive Carragher at one point. But we were <laughs> in complete control. It was so dominant at that point. This is the part I was talking about earlier. When they had the ball, we just went and took it off them. We didn't wait for them to cough it up. We just went and took it off them. It was like watching a bunch of big fellas against a bunch of little fellas where the little fellas have about six players and the big fellas have a full team. I think at one point, Martin Tyler said, it's like Liverpool have 13 players here or United are playing with nine. I would say both. It was like we had 13 and they had nine. The (laughs) gulf was incredible. On Salah, look, we still have a month of the season left. He has played for us 3,374 minutes. We have... Six league games, potentially three Champions League games and an FA Cup final. He is going to play over 4,000 minutes for us this season. Add on top of that the fact that he went to the AFCON, played 90, 90, 90 and then four straight 120 minutes. Add on top of that, he went and played the two-legged thing against Senegal for the World Cup qualification and played another 210 minutes there, he's already well over 4,000 minutes. In fact, this season, he is going to play over 5,000 minutes club and country. If you're wondering why he's had a slump, the fella was knackered. He's absolutely shattered, because his game is all about high intensity. 
he doesn't get to stroll to, through games. He's not a Virgil. You know, he, he's not a Thiago who plays the game at a, a comfortable pace. His game is a bit high intensity. The fella's absolutely shattered. But tonight he looked like he looked like Mo. Uh, maybe it was the sight of them. Maybe it was the fact that their jerseys looked like toothpaste and he felt refreshed thinking of mint. I don't know. But he, he was he was great tonight. We were just phenomenal in that stretch of the game. And, you know, you mentioned Pogba, and that may be the last time we ever see Paul Pogba play a Premier League game. They've got five games left. He's likely going to sit out a couple of them with that quote-unquote injury. Their season ends a month from this week weekend coming. Would it be a surprise if we heard in the next couple of days that he was done for the season? Because why is he going to want to risk getting hurt when he's leaving the club in five games, when it doesn't matter to him if they get Champions League or not? Because he'll be playing somewhere else next season, almost certainly for a Champions League club, be it PSG or Juve or whoever he goes to. So that if that is the last time we see Pogba in England, I think it basically sums up his entire time at United. Just a massive, massive disappointment. Yeah. And yeah. I have said on Twitter today, I've issued a decree. Oh. And as you know, I'm in charge of these things. Yes, yes. Anybody who brings up the suggestion that Paul Pogba is better at the game of football than Thiago from here on out must immediately delete their account, go to a church, apologize, <laughs> seek, seek, repent, and then never, ever darken the door of any football conversation ever again because you just don't know what you're talking about. If you watched that game tonight and thought that that fella who went off after whatever, 10 minutes, is anywhere close to the other fella, you're just, you're clueless. Thiago tonight was everything that he can be and, and a little bit more. It was just, he was on a different level. Like We have great players in our team, great players. And tonight he was on a different level to even them. He was just so far above everybody else on the pitch. And it was so easy for him. And here's one for you, Trev. Right now we have Fabinho and Thiago. I think we would all agree it's the best pivot in, midf- in, in the world. Those two as a pairing is the best pairing in the world. Who the third midfielder is, I think Naby's the best choice. Henderson has his case and his, his backers for it as well. A decade ago, as Liverpool were stumbling through the full season under Kenny, going towards the end of Kenny's reign. We were trotting out midfields with Jay Spearing and Charlie Adam. So whenever you feel a little bit down, just remember that 10 years ago, we had Jay Spearing and Charlie Adam, and now we have Fabinho and Piano. That, that's, that's how far we've got. Yeah, it's it, that 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 is the very definition of a quantum leap. I think we'd all ha- we'd all have to agree. And um, I'm so, so, I, I, just at the end of 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 what you're saying there. I'm looking at that uh, most recent thing Harry's put into the chat. Um, Harry Maguire, tremendous. Uh, <laughs> really special does. stuff. Dude. It's special stuff, dude. The 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 running from the goal on twenty minutes to the end of the first half, we should talk about because there's at least one or two things of note, Harry, and I want to just chat about them. We did see that. Look, Dave's done Thiago credit there. I think um, on twenty nine minutes, 
there's a, a step inside and a pass to Mo Salah and you're like, oh my God, there's literally nobody else who can do this. And uh, it was a fantastic cross by Diaz and, and a half an hour, a couple of corners. Sadio was offside from a Virgil um, a flick, but took a big save from De Gea. Nice to see uh, uh, us actually doing that to some other team for a change. Um, a moment there where Ali just pings a perfect ball from his hand to Diaz who plays it to Mo, who nearly gets it into Sadio in 34 minutes. And you're just going, wow, we can do all the things. This team can do all the things. Um, The ball was in the net from Diaz on 34 minutes, but it was offside. Uh, 37 minutes, and this is what I want to just mention as well. It's not to talk about Martin Tyler. It's to talk about Martin Tyler as a voice for uh, media perceptions. We've already touched on them on on, on the pod. We don't have to, you don't have to bring it up. I just, I want to get it out there. On 37 minutes, uh, Rashford, the first attack of the match, and by the way, I don't think they have any shots, right? The first attack of the match uh, for them is a long ball over the top to Rashford, whose touch is poor. Um, and Tyler is immediately on that 37 mark, um, talking about the, the high line and the goals conceded to Benfica. Um, the match kind of piddles along. Diaz is a long-range shot in 43 minutes. And as the half is ending, there's a ball over the top and Ali comes out a couple of yards outside his box and boots it clear on the volley. And we have our man wittering about how that's a warning to Liverpool. And I'm just, wow, I mean, you're, the, the straws you're clutching at there are the tiniest of straws. And also, nobody, nobody will ever seems to understand that they still can't get their heads around it. It doesn't matter. Even the likes of Jamie Carragher are trying to condescendingly explain it to audiences now. He was doing it tonight. He's like, yeah, but it's not... You're saying it's a high line. It's just the lines as character. And I mean, I'm sorry, but you know, I love the man for what he's been the, in, to the club in the past as much as anybody else. But if you're getting your wit and wisdom from Jamie Carragher, I mean, you, you're already struggling. Like, I mean, it, it, it's taken Jamie to come out and say this stuff to the so-called pundit to are describing the game to us. It's kind of pathetic. Anyway, anything you want to pick up on from that little part of that first half? Uh, and if there's not, you and I will get the second half started then straight away or as soon as you're done. No, nothing too much. I mean, I thought, yeah, it was an outstanding first half. The intensity that we managed to to bring to it at times was was just wonderful. Seeing them just multiple United players just kick the ball straight out of, out of play, head the ball straight out of play, uh, look at each other, gasping. Um, you, you mentioned there Harry Maguire making some um, sort of nonsensical hand gesture after the concession of the first goal that seemed to imply it was someone else's someone else's issue but it wasn't um uh, Tiago I think Dave summed it up really well there he's I, I heard you you two speaking about sort of the best central midfielders that you'd have the pleasure of seeing um for Liverpool and whilst I'm not really I'm not young enough to to, to claim to have a an El Hadjouf waterproof like guy like guy we're talking about <laughs> oh shout uh, out to Guy Drinkle it's his 28th birthday today by absolutely. the way he is almost almost a man Exactly. It's his 23rd <laughs> birthday, I think you'll find to go on anyway. Yeah. Um, yes, I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to go the waterproof, but I, I, I think I'd have to agree. I mean, I think he, this is the best central midfielder I've seen uh, play for Liverpool in the time I've been following the club. I didn't have the, the, the privilege of watching uh, uh, Sunez in terms of some of the, the things I hear about his time at the club. I've obviously seen the clips, but yeah. Um, uh, there's talk of statues for certain players and things like that. Um, with him, you, you do feel like it's going to be it's going to be one of those Greek ones 
Trev, you know, the really, really <laughs> exceptional uh, uh, sculptures, uh, you know, yeah. a, a, a cleverly pieced, uh, uh, placed piece, uh, piece of, cl- of cloth as well. Um, no, he was he was uh, he was exceptional. Um, just just yeah, the, 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 there are numerous things in every single game um, that he does that uh, you know you see these players on YouTube with the compilations that yeah you have to scour sixty to ninety matches just to get some of those some of those moments and he's yeah you're he's, so he's right man he's 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 put he's put together an entire career's worth of YouTube clips tonight in that one game yeah. you're absolutely right I, mean, I think that's why people uh, people it's so easy for people to, people to like him as well because we've spoken in the past right about how Cater has 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 had a, a more difficult time getting used to things in Liverpool due to injuries and, and so many other reasons as well um, and he's not that YouTube compilation player that they saw which is a very specific role he was playing Thiago is that guy every single game which is uh it's very easy to 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 love him for that you know we're going to build up towards another Thiago moment you and I here because it's possibly the oddest moment of the match but also summed up his performance I thought perfectly because they start with an attacking substitution they bring on Sancho for Jones on uh, Mm. on the on the half um, we have that delay as we're watching Martin in his uh, tank top um, getting ready. Uh, and we've got Tyler saying 2-0 is a dangerous lead and he's basically dying for something to happen. Now, you have to say, until the goal goes in in 67 minutes, uh, and like I say, you and I look at this chunk together, Harry, um, until that goal goes in, um, it, it was obviously their best period. There was a little bit what uh, Tyler was describing as more bite in their tackles. They certainly just, they were a bit more interested. Um, there was a chance uh, after 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 a, 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 after a fashion on 54 minutes where it ended with a, a very tame Sancho dribble uh, at Allison. Um, then we saw Trent being absolutely fantastic. Uh, wasn't the only time in the match. There's another one later on I want to mention. But um, versus Sancho on 57 minutes, he was just fantastic. Uh, because Sancho obviously is very, very nippy. And I sort of seemed to get past him. But he, Trent w- managed to get away and get away with the ball. And it was fantastic. And the moment I'm building up to comes next. I'm going to save that. Because just before the, the goals go in, we see this magic double save from Allison, which was the pinnacle of their achievement over the course of the night. Um, they were all getting very excited. Neville was doing his oh noise in the background. Um, it, it was originally given as offside, um, but I'd say VAR would have proved that it wasn't. But both Neville and Tyler were talking about it as if it was an actual goal and not a massive double save from Ali without any respect to the goalkeeper whatsoever um, but that was whatever that was just before that we see Thiago on 61 minutes diving low with his head to pass it on from the corner of the from the sort of center of the box to the corner of the box to somebody's feet he's doing yeah. diving header passes uh, into dangerous places where he could get his head kicked and you're just thinking mm-hmm. there's literally nothing this lad can't do and i mean i've i, I just i was uh, not a word of exaggeration I, i've just put it on twitter because it actually happened as he was going off the pitch i was standing on my couch clapping him off i was going this lad's outrageous he's just so good (laughs) so there's quite a few bits going on there in that opening minute and i'm going to start then with the goal um the the third goal dave in a second anything in that opening chunk you want to talk about maybe 
is there any sign of hope there from them, or is that an exaggeration? No, I, I, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, we've seen this a, a, a couple times this season where, I mean, teams, teams run against us, and then they have, they have, they're, they're judged to have very good halves. Um, and I've, I've been more bullish about it as, as the season's gone on, to be honest, because uh, running a lot and making our lives slightly more difficult—that, that's your job as a, sort of, <laughs> yes, as, as yes. sort of like an opponent. Uh, as, a, as an opposing team and Arsenal did it as well. And I, and I, I was really not that impressed by that half either. And, and they were much better than United were today. But um, yeah, no, I mean, there, there was more effort there. There was more pride. I'm guessing they got, they, they, they did get a rollicking at halftime as they deserve to, to get from, from, from Ranić, um to try and show something. I, I, I'm always like loath to sort of like call out, what could be seen as complacency. I did, I did think there was some complacency from a few figures there. I thought people were a little bit lax. Maybe they weren't expecting anything from these lot. And maybe that's, you know, it's, it's, it's unsurprising given how once Liverpool did reassert themselves, they shrank back again, United. But um, yeah, they, they, they showed a little bit more, um, but you could probably, we were talking about compilations, you could probably make a pretty decent uh, match of the day compilation this season by, by the time it's done of all the chances that haven't been chances because they were offside against us. Yeah. Because um, it happens every single game. And of there's course. A bit, of, a bit of excitement. Um, and you always mention this, Trev, but Ali, uh, you know, he's not to know that's offside. Ali making saves um, uh, uh, just just for the sake of it, to demoralise the opponents even further, <laughs> is always good. It really is. Uh, they will start off with a goal because the one that puts us 3-0 up and, and kills whatever that was that was happening um, in terms of our you know stepping off of the pressure and they're feeling like they might have something that they could do in the game it ends in 67 minutes with a Sadio Mane goal and it's another absolute textbook um a beautiful flowing move you have to say started by Robbo with a great interception he drives down the left hand side slides the ball into Diaz he cuts back and then plays this Really interesting, direct, deliberate pass that if Thiago had done it, we'd be we'd be saying it was wonderful. With just yeah. enough pace, with just enough pace on the ball, Dave, that Sadio, who's advancing, can hit it with the inside of his left foot as he's advancing and guide it into the corner with the pace uh, that's been put on the ball from the pass. I mean, what's not to love about that? Oh, it's an outstanding goal, and like you guys have talked about, we were complacent is the right word we came out it was it was a bit like the city game at the weekend we just came out really slow really sloppy couple of lads seemed to you know come out with a little bit of a, of a daydreamy attitude and robo just turns that on its head by charging onto a ball great interception takes it forward always always looking to be purposeful slides in diaz and he just makes that you talked about this trev to give you your credit here, when we signed him, he played like two or three games. And you said on one of these roles, what you liked about him was he always seems to make the right decision. He picks the right pass. And that's exactly what he does there because he could have taken the man on, crossed off his left foot. He could have cut back in further to try and get a shot away. He could have looked for Mo or one of the runners arriving from midfield. He doesn't. He takes time to actually scan what's there. He realises that Sadio has sagged off the defender a little bit to create a little pocket of space from, And he just plays the perfect ball to him. 
And as you said, all Sadio needs to do is redirect it. It's basically a pass by Sadio into the bottom corner. It's flawless. Keeper, who is without question one of the great shot stoppers of the last decade, can't get anywhere close to it. It's a magnificent goal. And what I liked about that goal was it meant that Sadio had scored and assisted, Mo had scored and assisted, and now Diaz had scored and assisted. And it just shows that that front three, who've played together a minimal amount, are already in tune, already on the same wavelength, and already tearing teams apart. And leaving us with just Bobby Firmino and Jota to come on and do things which we know they can. I mean, Bobby has come on and and, and been a clutch Mm. player for us. We know Jota can do that job um, by the constant evidence he's given us this season. It's it's exciting times. And just to keep pushing through, because we are in danger of going too long here. I don't want to do that. Um, As you mentioned, Dave, that start of all the front three with a goal and assist is tremendous. And uh, just immediately once it's happened, um, Diogo Jota is on for Diaz, um, who's taken out. We've got the Liverpool top of the league chance going on 70. We've got Fergie's right, your fans are shite uh, fans going on 71. Great stuff. Uh, even uh, 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 absolutely dejected Anfield at one point where Hendo turns around and plays the ball backwards when everyone wants us to attack at this stage. Big moan from everybody. Um, Trent versus Rashford in 72 minutes. Another wonderful piece of defending by mm. our man who can't defend. Thiago puts in a pass at full stretch and sliding to Mo on 75 minutes into his feet. Another pass on 78 uh, and gets us a corner via Robbo. Um, Naby comes on for Thiago on 79 minutes. And like I said, at that stage, I'm on my couch clapping. Um, and we are a goal uh, further up on 84 minutes and it's Mo Salah. Um, it's, it's perfect, Harry. It's perfect that it's Mo Salah. Um, it's we need we needed this from him. Uh, he needed this. Uh, if we're going to be the four trophy Reds, we need him doing the things that he does at the top of his form. And it's just gorgeous to see it. A beautiful touch and a chip finish from Salah himself after Jota had played in a fantastic pass and another great interception on the left leading up to it. Now, you might be able to tell me a little bit more about the build-up because as I was scribbling my notes and trying to get stuff down, I missed the very limited replays that Sky did because they usually only do the second and third replays are usually only just the last couple of passes. So the build-up to it is uh, a little bit hazy for me. I know there was some sort of an interception on the left again. I'm going to assume it was Robbo who was involved, but I could be wrong. Uh, And like I say... Uh, there, there was a slight maybe dink off the defender as Mo is executing his finish, but it didn't really matter because it, it was going over the keeper anyway. Um, beautiful goal and uh, to, uh, to add to the the, the bundle of four. Um, talk to me around that and the build up to it, if you would. Yeah, and no, I, th- I, th- I think it was Robbo who sort of wins the ball back from pressing. So again, I'm sure the under pressure guys are going to be be loving that. There are a couple of examples of that tonight in terms of sort of creating high quality chances through through being aggressive. And then Jota, yeah, I mean we don't always think of Jota necessarily as um, having that vision to his game all the time. He's, he's more he's more of this um, elusive figure that sometimes just pops up with goals for us, or, or has been this season in terms of sort of. The, his, his his role in the squad really but um yeah it was lovely ball again always great to see that all the options in that sort of rotation at the front understand each other's movement now and things like that Salah uh yeah I, mean, uh, you, I think it was um Sam Maguire put something up the other day but all aspects of Salah's game 
uh, were what you'd expect. The only thing that was missing since he came back from the the World Cup qualifier was um, was the goals. And he was getting in the right positions. He knew it was going to go in eventually. Um, he was nearly scoring some outrageous goals. And then, so yeah, a, a, a deflected, looped effort off off one Bissaka into the back of the net to, to to get two more goals and push himself a little bit further up the golden boot table after taking a break for uh, sort of eight games or however long it had been um, is always is always fun as well. So yeah, that was that, that was really satisfying. We we needed him to score some goals. Uh, United always seemed to oblige for him. I think he's he's done an interview post match actually where. Um, Tiago and him were doing an interview, and uh, Tiago saying it's, it's it's easy to play in this team because you know you've got you've got such uh, such great strikers in front of you. And Mo interrupts him and says that he's a he's a winger. Um, just, just to remind everybody again uh, that he's he's doing all this and, and has done all this for years as a winger. Uh, and I think he's now the first <laughs> player in the, yeah because you know the ego is there. We've, we've spoken about it in the past with. With Mo, and then I think there's also the 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 stat with him tonight. He's the first player in Premier League history to score five goals against United in a single season. So uh, very enjoyable, um, and uh, enjoyed the celebration of that uh, sort of Zen-like Salah in front of uh, uh, Harry Maguire tonight as well. Can we just oh, hi- highlight Harry Maguire's defending on that fourth goal oh, as well, the offside. <laughs> which is magnificent. He has two defenders deeper than him, one of whom he's looking at and decides to try and play the offside. <laughs> the world's most expensive defender, ladies and gentlemen. I think um, he's doing on, sort of like a no-look, like, like, like a no-look offside. Like a... <laughs> he, he loves that no-look defendant, absolutely loves it. He's, he's Bobby Firmino's biggest fan, he has to be. Uh, Salah becomes Liverpool's all-time top scorer against Manchester United with nine goals in ten wow. games. Stevie Gerrard also scored nine goals, but he played 35 games against United Moles and he played nine uh, for the first time in 21 years Manchester United failed to score a single goal against Liverpool throughout a season the last time the Reds achieved clean sheets in all fixtures against United was in 2000-2001 which was the treble season and obviously we're going for a quadruple this season so maybe there's a little bit of symmetry those tweets uh, from Carl Clement here's a good one for you though like if you want to know how much dominance we had Alison Becker completed 51 passes tonight. United's entire central mid- midfield completed 50. Two of Ali's passes tonight were probably better than anything in the United yeah. midfield for the last two months, I would say. <laughs> Genuinely, yeah, go, they were... Sorry, go ahead. No, they, they were just outrageous. I mean, it, it, the, 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 the confidence to ping a ball into feet from that lad is remarkable. Um, and and, and there, there was at least two where, you know, again, I was nearly on top of my catch clapping again because you just going, that's, Jesus Christ. It, even Neville was saying, Neville was getting depressed. He was going, I've just seen a goalkeeper do a pass that I couldn't do in my entire career. You know, <laughs> amazing stuff. Thiago actually applauded one of Ali's passes. And if he's applauding your pass, <laughs> you're probably doing okay. Thiago himself tonight, 95% passing accuracy, six of six long long passes, three chances created, three times he uh, completed a dribble out of three, won seven of nine, nine duels, three of four tackles, and he had two interceptions. And it's the seven of nine duels and three of four tackles that actually impresses me, along with things like that header you mentioned, Trev, where like, we think of him as sort of you know this incredibly gifted player, and, and some people would tag him as a luxury player. But the amount of defensive work he gets through is incredible. Like, he's not 
quite Fabinho level, but he's damn close to it in terms of his defensive output, as is Naby. And that's the thing that always winds me up when people say, oh, well, the Naby Fabinho Thiago midfield isn't good enough defensively. They're literally the three best defensive midfielders at the club. So what more do you want from them? I know. It's, it's, um, it's... Also, just want to give a quick shout out to Didi Haman, who about about 14 <laughs> or 15 months ago went on TalkSport, which, you know, nothing good is ever going to come out of going on TalkSport. And he said that Thiago's best days were behind him, that he was a bad fit for Liverpool and that he didn't suit how they wanted to play and would slow the play down. Uh, I would like someone to stick a microphone in front of Mr. Haman the next time he ventures out and ask him if he'd like to repent those ridiculous statements. Well, he's, he, he, he does come across as quite a silly man, this Didi, by times. Uh, in, in, in reference to Liverpool's excellent play, I've just put something in the chat there. I don't know if you got a chance to see it. A diagram put together by the Telegraph, a graphic of how there were 25 passes for Liverpool's second goal. Everybody in the Liverpool team touched the ball except Van Dijk uh, before Salah finished it. I mean, <laughs> holy shit. Uh, the rest of the game is a non-event. I was just bitter because we do bring on Jimmy Miller in 85 minutes. I'm looking to fill my bingo card of having Jimmy Miller kick a lad up in the air. Um, it's a perfect Liverpool performance, but no, that didn't happen. But there's yellow cards flying around the place. Naby got one. Fernandez got one. Someone else got one for a tackle on Henderson. Uh, Mesbury, Animal Mesbury. That's the that's the fella. Uh, three minutes were added on. Um, there was a really good ball, I think, by Henderson into Mo Salah right at the death, led to a corner, and it was nearly turned into his own net by Dallow right on the death from that corner, which could have seen us go five nil. Nobody gave a shit because honestly, we were just so much better, and it was a wonderful performance. To see the joy at the end is always great. And what I want to do is just wrap it up by getting final thoughts from both of you. Um, Harry, maybe you might start us off um, just at whatever thoughts you have in summation and also let people know, because obviously we've got games coming thick and fast. I I, I assume you'll have something for Everton. um, Mm -hmm. So do, do let folks know. Yeah, no, there's there's a whole bunch you could mention. I mean, I, I really enjoyed sort of the post-match um, sort of interview with Salah and and Thiago, both looking great spirits, as you'd imagine. Thiago's um, Salah making lots of jokes about you know, Thiago talking about the atmosphere and how great it was tonight, and Salah said, "Wait till the derby, <laughs> you're about to see something else as well." Um, I think there was a little sly comment in there from Salah about. Uh, uh, they asked him why he scored so many goals against United, and he said that their midfielders and defenders make it make it easy <laughs> easy for him. If, if if that's a legitimate quote, uh, I'm, I'm enjoying that. Um, also, every now and then, Trevor, I mean, you, you've mentioned that you you occasionally um, stumble upon people on your timeline uh, on Twitter who you're maybe you're shocked that you're seeing some of that content because they're because they're moaning about something or whatever. Um, and then for me. Uh, it's always good that, that with rival recon, I occasionally I, I follow a lot of, uh, of of supporters of other teams, uh, yeah. and uh, uh, always enjoyable to see uh, other fans in uh, reveling in sort of any little bit of cruelty they can find. Uh, there's someone who <laughs> immediately at the full time whistle when Liverpool's win means Arsenal can no longer win the league this season. <laughs> <laughs> just just immediately put out there, um, which I really in, revel in that sort. Of, some sort of effort from that guy, but um, no, it was, it was, it was a, a wonderful performance. Um, as we've all talked about, that there was something special about that Thiago 
showing, to be honest. Um, and uh, yeah, it's 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 great to see sort of the evolution of this side, right? We 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 were so lucky to to watch different incarnations of this side, and you can see another one sort of evolving in front of your eyes, which has been. A real joy. So yeah, there'll be another rivalry con ahead of um, the Merseyside derby. Um, if I thought the United fan was despondent, <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm not sure it's going to be too much better uh, with uh, with the Everton fan I get on. Um, but uh, does look like Frank has uh, unfortunately kept them up. But uh, we'll we'll see. We'll see what he's got to say. I wouldn't get too carried away with keeping them up. They've got a much harder run in than Burnley. Even with Burnley having three points to make up, That's Everton's true. run. Everton's running is brutal. Uh, I did enjoy Gary Neville saying that the two easiest games in the league that anyone could have right now were United and Everton. Oh, he was on such a downer, Neville. It was unbelievable. He it's, was just... it's the one game I'm actually really glad I watched with the Sky commentary because he was just so despondent oh, from about minute yeah. three onwards. What was amazing about it as well was that uh, he's been that way for so many years now that I've, I've literally heard everything he had to say. <laughs> he said it all before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, but but by the way, if you if you if you have the chat there, have a look at uh, at the effort oh, yes, by Costa Simicus. Nice <laughs> fair, fair play to the lad. And Dave, let's get your final thoughts and get out of here. Um, any sum ups and do let people know what's going on with you. Yeah, just a, a very a very good evening to be a red. Uh, we are top of the league. I understand that City have a game in hand, but we'll take being top of the league when we can get it. Puts the pressure right back on them. A good performance tonight. A couple of great performances individually. Mo gets his goals. Thiago makes the entire place dance to his song. And we just looked a class above. And, you know, I saw someone say earlier on social media, Alex Ferguson ruined his childhood. He ruined my teens and 20s. I'm not going to lie. He did. And now we're ruining his retirement. And that is a wonderful thing to see him sat there in the stands, absolutely just on the verge of tears. And then the camera pans to Kenny, who's got a big old smile on his face. (laughs) And you just think this is how it should be. This is how it was meant to be. And long may it continue. Long may Alex Ferguson continue to suffer watching this trek. Ranić has come out after the game and said that United need six, seven, eight, maybe ten new players this summer, which just about <laughs> sums them up and, and will ensure that he has no job at the club in future because the owners don't want to be hearing that kind of stuff. But no, just a, a, a really good performance. Um, highlighted again, just Thiago, what a player. What an absolutely ludicrous player. The passing tonight, the... The, the, drib- the dribbling tonight, like he took on and ran round Marcus Rashford, who's really quick, really quick. And I just thought, you know, back to front, we were we were on top of our game. We were better than them everywhere. And we showed that, you know, we're not going away. We're not going anywhere. This is not a fluke. This is not just Liverpool keeping touch with City. This is Liverpool pushing City every step of the way. And if they're going to win this league, they're going to win it with us breathing down their neck. Uh, nothing will be given up on from here on in. And we have to be happy with that. Uh, as for me, two-footed pod every day, 4 p.m. Could be 5 p.m. some days, depending. Uh, daily read every day at lunchtime. There'll be at least one scouted between now and the weekend. I'm hoping to get two done, but we'll see how that works out. And when Gags gets over COVID, there will be an old school. But shout out to Gags trying to deal with COVID for the fourth or fifth time. It's actually the second time, but tell him it's the fourth or fifth time. 
Uh, shout out to Guy, whose birthday it is. And a shout out to one of our subscribers, Hatim, who's going through a tough time at the moment. Just want to let him know that I am thinking of him on the regular and get in touch if you want to chat, buddy, anytime. Cheers, man. Appreciate that. Let's wrap it up then. That was Dave Hendrick. You've heard Harry Sethi. I've been Trev Downey. And yeah, uh, happy birthday to Guy Drinkle, who's uh, here in spirit, if not here, uh, actually. It's a hell of a time to be a Red. We, we march on towards that remarkable thing that is still possible. We could still be the four trophy Reds, and I'm going to keep saying it every time I can. We we'll look forward to talking to you after the Everton game. We'll be back with a lineup for Raw on that occasion, and we'll be with you every single time between now and the end of the season that the Reds take the field. Hopefully that will be the maximum times, and we'll be having the maximum fun. So, Until we speak to you again, take care and mind yourselves. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.